0: this is the Cato daily podcast for monday november 7th 2022 i'm caleb brown following this election what's the appetite for regulatory reform and what legislation waits in the wings if that appetite is large joe lupino esposito is deputy legal policy director at the pacific legal foundation we spoke about what to expect from congress in the regulatory sphere in 2023 and beyond we are uh... Coming up on two years of the Joe Biden administration, um, and before we get to uh, Congress's uh, role here with respect to regulatory reform, how did Donald Trump perform in terms of uh, keeping
1: a leash on the administrative state? I think there was some limited success from what President Trump did while he was in office. I think, well, obviously, one of the biggest and best known innovations uh, that he had in the regulatory space was the one-in, two-out rule, which essentially said if there's any one new regulation, two more have to leave. Of course, there's still more to be done in that space in general, and I think there could have been improvements there when it comes to regulatory budgeting and actually understanding what regulations are going away versus the ones you're keeping. Uh, But another area I think that was very helpful was on guidance documents as well. Uh, A lot of regulations are not truly regulations, they're just Guidance letters. All right, we've talked about this here for careful listeners. The Cato Daily Podcast. We've talked about
0: this a number of times, which is the idea that uh, regulation depends on the regulator. That is, what is written down in many cases is less important than the brain that is interpreting what is written down. Absolutely, and that's unfortunate. Uh, so, uh, what? So, if Donald Trump didn't do a lot on that front. Um, I can't imagine expecting more from Joe Biden.
1: No, you're definitely not going to see this reform being led by the executive branch. It's generally tough for someone in that position to decide to pull back their own authority, of course. But I think especially in this administration, we've seen that they're not w- willing to do a lot of that at all. and In fact, doing a lot of actions that usurp the power of Congress and the judiciary branch.
0: You've said that no matter who wins in November. I feel like it's alien versus predator. No matter who wins, we lose. Um, what, what should Congress be doing in, in terms of trying to give either coherence to agencies that have regulatory authority or uh, shutting down large swaths of that regulatory authority to begin with?
1: Right. Well, I think a major piece and, and really where Congress needs to focus is on what we would call the three pillars of regulatory reform. You want to focus on how all three branches can do their part to ensure that there's proper rulemaking across the board, so for example, uh, Congress can pass something like the Democratic Accountability and Rulemaking Act. Um, it's very similar actually to a very late stage executive order that President Trump did do um, in twenty twenty one His executive order was not quite as strong as the bill that's currently proposed. Well and it's just an executive order right exactly uh, and uh, the bill, though, proposed uh, now, it's a bipartisan bill uh, from Ben Klein of Virginia, a Republican, and Jared Golden, a, a Democrat from Maine. It says that no rules can be initiated or signed off by anyone who is not a presidentially appointed and Senate-confirmed official. And that's very important because what a, a lot of research that we found, particularly from Pacific Legal Foundation and many others, show that there are... A, large, large number of regulations that are signed off by career employees who have no democratic accountability, hence the name of the bill.
0: All right. So what, what changes that? What How does
1: that change anything? So it really forces these executive agencies and the people who lead them to actually sign off on these regulations and really stand up for what they're doing. Uh, we saw very early on and actually in the Biden administration, a lot of sort of straight denials from some secretaries saying, well, this is something that was already in the works. We couldn't possibly you know, have any say over this, despite the fact that they're running the, the agency itself. So this would sort of stop that uh, buck passing and really allow Congress then to bring in a secretary or an, an assistant secretary who's been appointed a, and approved by the Senate and say, what are you doing here and why have you signed off on this?
0: Rand Paul, uh, I think early on in Uh, being a U.S. Senator, had been pushing the RAINS Act. Now, just I assume it hasn't changed much since he started to
1: introduce it, Uh, but what would that do? So the RAINS Act is essentially an expansion of the Congressional Review Act, and rather the way it's done now, the Congressional Review Act, where Congress has to take an action with a resolution to stop a rule from going into effect. And there's a lot of ground rules regarding the timing on that, which I won't get into. Um, Instead, the RAINS Act says that Congress actually has to affirmatively approve of any regulation that's considered a major regulation, which uh, if the numbers have been holding over the last 10 years, maybe they could be adjusted, but anything that has an impact over $100 million on the American economy. Okay.
0: And judging impact is itself a
1: uh, point of contention yes absolutely it's difficult, and I think there are a number of ways to look at the issue as to what the the impact truly would be uh, but I think it's a, at least a good starting shot when it comes to how Congress can really reclaim the rulemaking authority that they've delegated to these agencies and not just allow them to run rampant
0: and it changes sort of the default position right that is uh Congress passes a law often vague, sends it to regulatory agencies regulatory agencies see the vague law, and even if they're You know, got halos over their heads and they're trying to interpret the statute, often what ends up happening is that regulatory agencies view their mandate as much broader than uh, any member of Congress would have intended.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like you said, even in the best intentions, they may take it in the wrong direction. And having something like the RAINS Act would allow Congress to clarify what they mean. Of course, they could also just write the law better in the first place. Uh, But in the meantime, I think this is a good way to to rein in that power, hence the name. So uh, under a proposed Reigns Act, if it were law,
0: I wonder what impact would that have on Congress's desire or incentive to write uh, statutes delegating
1: regulatory authority more clearly? And I don't
0: know that it would be
1: positive. That's true. I mean, there there is certainly a world where Congress hopes that they'll have a a bite at the apple uh, when it comes back up again. But because there is, it isn't going to be for every regulation. It's only going to be these major regulations. Quite frankly, a lot of damage can still be done at under whatever dollar amount you want to choose.
0: How do you and your colleagues at the Pacific Legal Foundation evaluate uh, or think about what comes next following EPA v. West Virginia? Well, I think it's a, a big question because because uh, we're talking about it's it's a major it's uh, it's a, it's related. It's not the same thing. I'm, yeah. you, uh, you're the expert here, but. Uh, it's a it's a related issue when we're talking about major questions.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think that is sh- it should be a wake up call to the agencies. Frankly, we'll we'll see how they react to that in in the coming years. But particularly for Congress as well, to understand that they just can't pass the buck on this and say that the agencies can take care of this rulemaking. Um, you know, and again, uh, back to your original point on you know, no matter who wins, um, no matter who's in p- power in Congress, there is no guarantee that the Uh, executive agencies are going to do what Congress wants, whether that law was recently passed or passed 10 years ago, 20 years ago, it's unclear what they're going to do. And Congress really needs to not just allow the agencies to to do it and then hope that they they do it the right way.
0: Uh, The pandemic revealed a lot of problematic regulatory authority Uh, and regulatory authority inside the FDA, uh, CDC, uh, various other agencies and I have not really seen any effort by members of Congress to fix that. I mean, these were, you know, with life and death consequences, these uh, regulators were slowing down good people trying to help each other.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and there really has been very little pushback. Uh, really, the only way they've sort of tangentially gotten to it is two different bills. The Article One Act by Mike Lee in the Senate and the Uh, Limiting Emergency Powers Act by Andy Biggs in the House that tried to at least uh, limit the emergency authority from the president, which allowed a lot of this sort of extreme versions of the rulemaking to go into effect because once things are declared emergency, uh, even the not so great rulemaking uh, boundaries that we currently have go out the window.
0: Uh, Article 1 authority, that would help help us understand a little better about uh, the Article 1 Act because years ago I spoke with Mike Lee about it and notably absent from and this is well beyond uh, what we're really discussing here today notably absent from the article one act was reigning in the president's power to make war which is a core
1: article one issue yes that that was lacking there uh no the, the article one act and 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 uh andy biggs act specifically target the emergency declarations uh, of the president uh Again, they are limited in scope, again, in in that bill, but I I think it speaks to the greater problem that we've had throughout the pandemic, which was that once that emergency declaration is done, what other doors is that open to make even worse rulemaking?
0: And time-limited rules, I assume.
1: Yes, yes. So it would not allow a president's uh, emergency declaration to expand past 30 days uh, unless it's approved by the Congress. Um, And furthermore, if there are any current declared emergencies, which there often are, uh, they would expire after two years if they've already been declared, unless, again, Congress approves them. Okay. So uh, what hopes do you have that the new Congress
0: marching in to do their jobs in January of
1: 2023? What do you what do you expect? Well, what we'd expect them to, to do, and I think there's been good evidence of it with the Biden administration as of late, the administration, even when uh, its party is in power, has decided to lean towards a regulatory agenda rather than actual lawmaking. So we've seen this a time and again. We've seen this with the eviction moratorium. We saw it most recently with the student loan forgiveness. Um, And frankly, I think uh, we should expect to see more of that from the administration if Republicans do take control in the Congress, because even when, again, when his party's in power, he's still going to be pushing forward and not letting Congress do its job. And unfortunately, the current Congress has been cheering that on. Uh, And that's, Completely abdicating their role in in lawmaking. In
0: fact, the current Congress has been telling Joe Biden he's not doing enough.
1: Right. Yes. Uh, yeah. By he wants,
0: wielding those tools.
1: Yes, he wants. They want them. Uh, the administration to keep wielding those tools, and uh, essentially just giving up their their place in 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 lawmaking and saying that since we can't get it done and we can't come to a compromise, we can't actually do the hard work of lawmaking. We should just let you do it and hope that the courts go our way. That's grim. It is. <laughs> uh, and, and it's unfortunate because um, the proper role of Congress and, and what they really need to do as part of a federal regulatory agenda is reclaim their role. And, and whether it's being clear when it comes to lawmaking and being sure that rules are done properly, uh, or if it's just simply passing laws that more of the American people can get behind, um, that's it's hard work and they, needs, they need to be working on that.
0: Joe Lupino Esposito is Deputy Legal Policy Director at the Pacific Legal Foundation. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast on your podcast platform of choice and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.